So uh, this morning, as we continue talking about uh, my favorite, favorite, favorite subject. Um, Who is Jesus? Somebody asked me this week, well, who is Jesus really? And that's a great question. I don't know if you've ever thought about that or not, but I would encourage you to think about that. I don't know that his motive was pure when he was asking that, but it doesn't matter. See, it doesn't matter if your motives are pure or not. If you're trying to seek about Jesus, learn about Jesus, what you will discover is Jesus is the most amazing man in the world. The creator of the world, the giver of life. Um, And as we have been studying and learning, the first one we talked about is that Jesus has flesh. Jesus is a man. And when you say one thing, it doesn't mean that you're saying something else, right? It's a hard thing for people to understand. If I say I like Pepsi, then people assume I don't like Coke. But I didn't say I didn't like Coke, right? I said I like Pepsi. And that's what I'm saying here about Jesus. Jesus was a man. A man. 100% human. Um, he got tired. He got hungry. Um, he had emotions just like you do. He was a man. Um, God with us. Emmanuel. Then uh, the next week we talked about how Jesus gives extravagant gifts. And, and this is still true today. The things about Jesus being a man that was true 2,000 years ago is still true today. He still has his body with the holes in his hand. He's still a man. Um, Jesus gives extravagant gifts. Jesus is playful. Um, man, there's so much legalistic stuff going around, especially in Christianity. Do this, don't do that, straighten up, toe the line. And Jesus is just playful. He is. He invites you to come and know him more so that you can be holy. But the finger to the chest, that's just not Jesus. Except Jesus is fiercely intentional. And the things that Jesus has to do, he does them fiercely, like clearing the temple. Remember we talked about that. Then last week, Jesus is true. Jesus is just honest. He is the most honest person you have ever met. He's 100%. Everything he says is true. And everything he says, he says in love. And Jesus is true. So we keep asking the question of, who is Jesus? And today we're going to continue that um, like I've told you, the Sunday school version of Jesus that I knew, the, the flannel graph Jesus. Jesus loved kids. Jesus loves sheep. Jesus likes clean clothes. But that's not all Jesus is. He's much more than that. And so as we keep looking and looking to know more and more about Jesus, the, the hope, the prayer, is that you'll get to know him a little bit better, that you would move just a little closer to Jesus. So, uh, today... John, uh, John the baptizer had disciples. So John was the teacher and then other men came and followed him and learned from him. And one day, John uh, is with his disciples in John chapter 1. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. 
When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. John sees Jesus walking down the road and says, Look, there he is, the Lamb of God. And, and what he's really saying is to his disciples, That's who you should follow. So, when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? This is a really weird scene. Uh, All of these, if you read the New Testament, well the Old Testament for that matter too, and you just think about what you're really reading, it's some really funny stuff. So Jesus is walking down the road and John says, look, there goes the Lamb of God. And all of a sudden, two of John's disciples start off following Jesus. I don't know if they're kind of sneaking around watching or if they're just in plain sight. But you know, if they're really out to get you, you're not paranoid. And so Jesus sees these two guys walking behind him. And the question he asked these two guys who are following along behind, what do you want? What do you want? And I just love Jesus. Don't you? These two guys are following along. And okay, what would you do? If you're walking down the street, if you're a teacher, if you know something and you see two people behind you and they're following you wherever you go. Jesus just stops and says, what do you want? He's just so honest and true. And he just asks all the right questions. And and their answer was, uh, where are you staying? My conclusion is these two disciples hadn't thought this through very well. <laughs> they just took out following after Jesus. and Because uh, that's kind of creepy to say, isn't it, right? You're just following somebody and now you say, well, where, where do you live? Where are you staying? Um, and, and Jesus' response is, well, come and you will see. And that is so much like Jesus. What did these guys really want to know? Did they really want to know where Jesus was sleeping? I don't think so. I think John had just said, there goes the Lamb of God. And I think they took out following after Jesus to find out if Jesus was the Lamb of God. And I think what they really wanted to say was, are you him? Are you the Messiah? Are you the Lamb of God? There's something you'll notice about Jesus as we read through the stories about Jesus. Jesus almost never gives the answer to the question. You notice that? We love to give answers to questions. And and so, when your little kid is with you and they're playing that 20 question game, we love to answer all their questions. We think that if we answer their questions, they'll stop asking questions. And what we see in little kids is they don't stop. They just keep asking. Which is, which is good, but really, and if you look at a little kid and the questions they're asking. Mommy, why is water wet? You know, you know it's that kind of a question they ask. And can you really answer those questions? We always give the answer of what we know. Why is the sky blue? Well, it's because the sun reflects through the water in the air and it looks blue to our eyes. That's not, they don't care, right? 
They can't process that answer. I'm saying all that because that's what I think is happening here with these two. What they really want to know. Are you the Lamb of God? Are you the Messiah? And Jesus could have just turned and said, yes, I am. But he didn't. He said, come and you'll see. Because that's what living with Jesus is like. You want to know how it is? Come and see. And so, all through the New Testament, when people are asking Jesus questions, he almost always answers either with a question or with some kind of a riddle that they can't understand. Um, Henry Nouwen says that uh, answers before question do damage to the soul. And I think what he's trying to say is that when we have all of these facts and truths laid out and our heart isn't ready to process them yet, it doesn't do us any good. We'll take it and twist it into something weird. But with Jesus, it's always the invitation. Do you want to know more about me? Well, come and see. Come along and I'll show you. And I love these words. And I would encourage you to adopt them. When somebody asks you, what's it like to follow Jesus? Does a Christian do this or does a Christian do that? Is this okay or is that okay? I believe a really good answer is, well, come and see. Come and walk with me, I'll show you. Because that's what Jesus is saying here, right? Come on. And, and what happened in the rest of the story is, well, they followed Jesus the rest of the time. The rest of the time he was on earth, these two guys were with him. Used to be disciples of John, now they've become disciples of Jesus. Jesus always invites us to be with him so that we can become one with him. That's what he wants. We talk about relationship and that's a good word. It just doesn't go far enough because what Jesus wants is oneness. He wants to be one with me and you. So then in Matthew, Jesus had been teaching the crowds and he's looking out over all these people and he's really saying some hard things. And, and then he stops and comes to this in Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Why are the people weary and burdened? Because they have a yoke on them that's hard. You see, we first read this at first glance and think that Jesus is saying to put my yoke on. Like you didn't have a yoke on you already. What's a yoke? Well, you know that big heavy wooden beam with the two loops that, that uh, cows pull? That's a yoke. The collar that goes around a horse and hooks up so they can pull something? That's a yoke. It's like a harness. It's like being tied to something. Every person you know has a yoke around them. And I will tell you, the yoke of the world will make you weary and burdened. We like the idea of freedom to take off a yoke. There, now I don't have one on me. That's not an option. That condition doesn't exist. You, you have a yoke on you. You're hooked up in the harness always. Jesus says, take mine. Take my yoke. Learn from me. See, again, the invitation is to come alongside Jesus. 
like he's over here and you're over here and you have this yoke on and you're pulling together. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Are you weary? Heavy laden, Jesus says. Come to me. Jesus always knows just what the people need. He has such insight of wisdom and knowledge when he teaches and he looks at people. What do these people need? A different yoke. Put mine on. My yoke is easy because I am gentle and humble, Jesus says. Um, we all kind of are looking for that mentor type person to help lead us and guide us. And you know, you hear and read stories about harsh masters. Jesus is not a harsh master. How does he describe himself? For I am gentle and humble in heart. The king of kings, the lord of the universe, is gentle and humble in heart. And that's true. He is. He is, and, and the, the burden that you're carrying, the things that you're trying to carry on your own, Jesus says, put that down and put my yoke on. My yoke is easy and light. Um, see, Jesus does have the answers to life's questions. But there's not a frequently asked questions page in the back of the Bible with all of the answers. We're always looking for that. We always want to know yes and no answers. Can I do this or can I, should I not do that? Yes or no, please. Fill in one. Reminds me of grade school. I like you. Do you like me? Please circle one answer. That's not the kind of life that Jesus invites us into. It's much deeper than that. <laughs> it will stretch you as you put on Jesus' yoke where it's light and easy. So he invites you to come and be with him and put his yoke on. And the answer to these questions then that we get by walking with Jesus is he reveals the kingdom to us. There's no shortcuts. Do you want to learn how to walk with Jesus? Well, the answer is, well, then come and walk with me. Come and put my yoke on. I'll show you what it's like. So, as we continue learning more about Jesus, um, there was this pool near uh, Bethesda. And it was a healing pool. I don't know if it's real or not. It's what the Bible describes, right? There was this pool of water. And sometimes the water would get stirred up. I don't know if it's bubbles from below. I don't know what that means. But all the people around that pool thought that the first one in the water, after the water started stirring, would be healed. So, uh, one who was there and had been an invalid for 38 years, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Now, my response to this would probably be, yes, Captain Obvious, I want to be well. Of course I want to be well. I've been there 38 years trying to get in this pool. Of course that's what I want. Why would Jesus ask an invalid, do you want to get well? 
because most of us don't want to get well. What we really want is for the symptoms to improve. That's all we care about. My back hurts. I wish my back would quit hurting. No, what I really want is for my back to be well. Do you want to be well? Well, do you? See, that's what Jesus is asking. Is, is here he comes to this man, 38 years, laying by the pool of water. And do you want to get well? The guy says, well, I've been laying here 38 years and I can't get in the water. And then Jesus goes on to heal him and he walks away. Do you want to get well? Um, another time, there's a guy named uh, Bartimaeus and he was blind. And he heard that Jesus was coming down the road. He heard all the crowds and stuff. So this guy starts hollering out for Jesus. He starts hollering to him. And then finally, everybody around says, be quiet. And then Jesus finally hears him hollering. And he coming over to see him. And as he gets over there, he says, uh, Jesus says to the blind guy, what do you want me to do for you? Blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. I just pulled a couple of examples. There's a lot more like this. That Jesus comes to somebody and he asks, what do you want? And kind of a picture are we seeing today? These two guys are following behind Jesus, kind of sneaking around stalking him. And he says, what do you want? And we want to we go with you. And Jesus said, well, come on. Come and see. And then Jesus looked out over the crowd and he had compassion on them. And he said, come to me if you're weary and heavy laden. Come to me. And, and then he comes up on this invalid and says, do you want to get well? And yes. And then he comes on this blind man and what do you want? What do you want me to do for you? Well, if I just need my offering box to fill up more every day. I'm a beggar here, and I sit here getting... And if they would just put more money in my cup. No, I want to see. And I've been talking to Christians lately, and I've learned something from Christians. What I've learned is if, if a Christian knows that you have a need... They will pray hard for your need. But if that very same Christian has a need, they don't pray and ask God to help them. Somehow we're convinced that that's being selfish. That I should ask God that he would bless me. That I would ask God that he would heal me. And I just want to tell you, that's a lie from Satan. God wants you to ask him for what you need. In James it says, you don't have because you don't ask. What do you need? What do you want? Now see, this is totally different than the benevolent benefactor of the king. Right? The king has limited resources and he doles it out to who he wants to. And you've got to go in and make your case and convince him that you're worthy of the gift that he's about to bestow on you. That's not the way it is with God. Jesus is not that way. You need something from Jesus? Ask. In fact, he says, if you ask for anything in my name, I'll give it to you. Ask. 
ask. Jesus is the one that says, come and, and give this. I, you need something? You ask me, I'll give it to you. Do you believe that? See, I know we're in church, so the answer is always yes. I'm asking when you're not here. And the wheels have fallen off of something, and you have a decision to make, and you know what needs to be done, so you go out and do that. And then it doesn't work out right. You don't get what you need. Back up. Are you weary and heavy laden? Jesus says, come to me and put on my yoke. Jesus' yoke is totally different than the world's yoke. The world's yoke is put your back into it. Don't quit. Keep going. You'll get over this. That's not Jesus' yoke. Jesus' yoke is here. Give that problem to me. Walk along with me. Come and see. Go with me. Everything changes when you go with him. So, question I've been asking every week, which isn't up there. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? What kind of a person is Jesus? Well, today what we see is that Jesus is the kind of person that knows you and loves you. Everything that he knows about you, and he still loves you. Which blows me away. And he loves you anyway, truly, deeply. Jesus doesn't love you to get something from you. See, that's a common human thing, right? If I want something from you, I love you, so then you'll love me back and give me what I need. Jesus isn't that way. In fact, Jesus is completely the opposite. You need something from Jesus? He says, come on, come with me. He's the shepherd. He provides for his sheep. And the word I've been using all day today that I haven't used is Jesus is inviting. He's inviting. You want something from Jesus? Jesus' response is, well, come on. Come and see. I'm here. You know, the other religions, the other gods, I have to do something to earn my way to, to get their approval and to get their blessing. And somehow, like I don't know how, somehow that has crept into the church. That somehow we think as Christians that I have to do things to make Jesus love me. And that if I don't do it right and don't say it right, then everything bad will happen to me. That's a lie, my friends. That's the way the world works. That's not the way Jesus works. Jesus is the kindest man you've ever known. He is the most honest man you've ever known. But he's the kindest man you've ever known. And he will say exactly what needs to be said to you. But it's not out of hate, and it's not out of bitterness, and it's, it's not out of trying to make you feel bad. He will tell you the things that you need to hear so that you are able to come to him. Come and see. Come and walk with me. So, Peter, you know, knucklehead Peter, that always said the wrong thing, always did the thing that I would do, that you would do. And Jesus has ascended into heaven. Now he's come back. No, he hadn't ascended. He's died and gone to hell and come back. I got my story wrong. And now he's talking to Peter on the beach. 
Remember, Peter had denied Jesus three times. And now Jesus is talking to Peter and says, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And at the end of that, the last thing Jesus says to Peter is, Follow me. Follow me. The invitation from Jesus is, you know, we start following Jesus and we're doing really good. And then all of a sudden we look up and we've lost track of Jesus. Where'd he go? Oh no, I've lost him. I'm off doing my own thing now. Jesus is always right there, ready to resume that position and allowing you to follow him. Come and see. Jesus is always, that's always the invitation from Jesus. Come. Come and see. You want to know what it's like to be one of my followers? Come and see. Come and see. Come on and follow along. Now, I've been saying this all kind of in a subdued tone this morning because I'm tired. But do you know how exciting this is to follow Jesus? Do you know what it's like to walk step in step with Jesus, to be one with him? Do you know? I don't know. See, that's kind of the answer we get. Well, I don't know. I kind of feel like I'm on my own here. I kind of feel like I'm trying to do this under my own strength. If I could just know the right thing and make the right choices, then God would be happy. Please stop that. Seriously, stop that. You don't have to figure something out. It's not that there's pieces missing to the puzzle. It's not that if you just could find the right answer, or say the right prayer, or wear the right clothes, or go to the right Bible study, or follow the right person, that all of a sudden, magically, everything would fall into place. (laughs) We live in a world at war. And the only time this world magically falls into place is at the renewal of all things when Jesus comes back. Until then, there are unknowns and answers that you'll never receive. And even if you got the answer, you wouldn't understand it. And you'd just make a mess of it anyway of trying to figure this out on your own. And Jesus has a totally different plan for you and for me. And it's this. Follow me. Follow me. Now see, we think somehow that means I need to study about Jesus' life and learn what Jesus did so that I would know WWJD, so then I would make the right choices. That's not what Jesus has invited you into. Although it's a great question, what would Jesus do? The answer is this. Follow him. That's what he would have you do. What does Jesus want you to do right now? Follow him. What's he want you to do this afternoon? Follow him. See, somehow we get the idea that following Jesus means I have to learn about Jesus. You will learn about Jesus. How will you learn about Jesus? Because you're following him. Which comes first? Follow him. Jesus, I'm with you today. Wherever you want to go, that's where I want to go. Now see, some of us have our lives in so much control that we have an agenda for today and an agenda for tomorrow. 
Is that Jesus' agenda or yours? I'm not saying it's not good to have some kind of a plan of what you're going to do. But the plan is all subject to Jesus. What would you have me do? Let me ask you this. If you had five things that you had on your list to get done today, <clears throat> and you didn't get those five things done, you going to be upset with yourself? If the answer is yes, guess who you're following? Yourself. You made the list. Here's what I got to get done. And I'm mad at myself because I didn't get done what I said I was going to get done. That's not following Jesus. Come to Jesus, put on his yoke, and it's light and easy. When you're following Jesus, do you know what you're going to get done today? Exactly what Jesus had in store for you to get done. Can you believe that? Wouldn't it be nice to let all of that other stuff go? Does Jesus have a better plan for your life than you do? If you're the parent of small children, does Jesus want those children to grow up knowing him? Of course he does. Do you think it won't be in Jesus' plan for you to help care and provide for your children? Now, it may not be the way you had in mind, but he'll have it in mind. What about your career? What about your retirement? What about this and what about that? Do you trust Jesus? Because Jesus' answer is this, come, come and see. Come with me. Do you want to get well? Well, come with me. Follow me. He will lead you into all the right places. See, this is a matter of faith. You're going to walk by sight, or you're going to walk by faith. Because Jesus will not reveal to you what's coming and what's around the corner. It's not the way he works. He wants you to follow him with this step. Now what's he want you to do? The next step. And the next step. And maybe the next step is, okay, stop right there and sit down. It's time to rest. Or maybe the next step is, run, 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 run. That's what you'll see as you follow Jesus. I, uh, I confess, I'm a computer nerd, right? So I'm thinking about computer problems all day long at work and how to write code to solve this problem. And what the best way to write this code is to simulate life to make this program work the way that it should work. And the danger of doing that all day long with my work is then that's what I do all day long every day. Problems, imaginary or real, come into my head. My problems, your problems. And I sit there and process through and come up with a solution. I'm quite good at this game. I, I have years and years of experience. You know it's not from God. You know what God wants me to do? Jesus wants me to talk to him about these situations. See, what I do is, based on my vast years of Bible study and knowledge and everything I know, I evaluate something and make a right judgment. This is what ought to happen. That's not following Jesus. Following Jesus looks like this. A situation comes into my life. Jesus, what do you got to say about this situation? What do I need to know about this, Jesus? How would you have me respond about this, Jesus? Rather than all of this 
spinning of the gears in my head all day long to think my way through things. What Jesus wants me to do is to include him. Jesus, what should I do? Here comes so-and-so down the street. What should I say? You've heard my tired old whine at the counter. I'm here to order my lunch. Should I get the beef or the chicken? I'm serious at that level of kind of question. That level of living with Jesus. When Jesus says, follow me. He doesn't mean check in from Sunday to Sunday and give a report of how things went. That's not follow me. Follow me does not mean get up in the morning and say, I'm under your command, Jesus. Be with me throughout the day and then checking in at bedtime or tomorrow. That's not follow me. Follow me is always, right now, next step, follow me. Where would you have me go? What would you have me say? Look, I get it. For those of us who like control, this is very bothersome that I will have to give up control because I like what I like and I'm pretty happy with me but that's not follow me that's follow Tony and Jesus would have me follow him and that's the invitation this morning Jesus invitation to you is simple it's really easy it's not the vast, vast instructions of the Old Testament. It's not even the really hard instructions of Acts, or of uh, the Sermon on the Mount. It's really quite simple. Follow me. What does it require of you? Everything. Everything. You have to let go to follow Jesus. Now, is it worth it? <laughs> it will change everything about you if you follow Jesus. You'll look back at yourself from like five years ago and you'll say, I don't even recognize me from then. I am so different today. What would it be like if you followed Jesus? Would you have peace? Yeah. How about joy? Overflowing. How about glory? Yeah. So if you follow Jesus, do you think you'd have fear? No. No, there's no fear if you follow Jesus. Would there be any anxiety if you follow Jesus? No. No anxiety. How about stress? No. No stress. How about confusion? No. No confusion if you follow Jesus. Does anybody want that? Because that's what I want. And that's the offer from Jesus. Come follow me. Follow me and I will give you rest. Now, you're faced with the choice. Are you going to believe Jesus and what he says? Or not? It's quite simple. The, we, I, am not going to judge you because you chose to not believe in Jesus. Okay? That's the commitment we make to each other. 
Because many of you here today are not to the point that you're ready to trust Jesus. Let's just call it what it is. And we're not going to hate you because of that. What we're going to do is say, come and see. You want to know what it's like to follow Jesus? Well, come with me, I'll show you. See, those of us who are following me, while we admit at any moment we might step off the path and do the wrong thing, as soon as we realize we're off the path, you know what we do? We get back on the path. <laughs> Follow me. Oh, I don't know what happened. But I'm back now, Jesus. Here I am. So I say to you, and I encourage you to say to everybody else you know, you want to know what it's like to follow Jesus? Well, come and see. I'll show you. I'll show you what it's like to follow Jesus. I am sick to death of Christians saying, well, I don't know anything about how to follow Jesus. That's so embarrassing for the church, don't you think? That we as followers of Jesus say we don't know anything? Well, I don't know. What should I do? I don't know. Look, I know what you should do. Follow Jesus. I don't have the answer of, should you say this or say that, but I know the man who has the answer. My answer is, ask him, what did Jesus tell you to do? I can't drive this point home enough. Because I know in my own life, even knowing this and wanting this as my life, that I follow Jesus, I get out of a situation and I say, I didn't even involve Jesus in any of that. And that's when I back up and repent. Oh, Jesus, I'm sorry for that. I need you. I don't know the right things to say, and I have no intentions of learning. What I intend to learn is how to follow Jesus and develop my ear so I hear his voice. So when he speaks to me, I know what to do. I don't need another plan. That's all I need. Jesus, follow me. And so, what kind of man is Jesus? Jesus invites you to come and follow him. And I say to you, who does that? The God who loves you, that's who does that. That's the kind of man he is. He loves you. Do you want to know Jesus more? Come and see. Come and see what it's like to live with Jesus. That's his offer to you. Jesus, I love you. Uh, day by day, I grow closer and closer to you. And that's my prayer, Jesus, that I would grow closer and closer. That I would follow you in every step. Oh, forgive me for turning to my own and doing it my own way. I renounce that, Jesus. I renounce my way. Put it to death. And I choose you, Jesus. I choose to follow you. Lead us all. We pray it in your name, Jesus. Amen.